Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Did you know that November is National Family Caregivers Month? Well, it is. And as a former family caregiver, I'm really excited to have Elizabeth Miller with us today. She is the owner and creator of Happy Healthy Caregiver, and she has all kinds of wonderful ideas for us on how to take care of ourselves during our caregiving seasons. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Elizabeth. So I live in outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We're empty nesters, my husband and I. We've got two kids in college. One is at UGA and one's at Alabama. And up until May, worked full time. I resigned from my corporate job to pursue my passion of helping family caregivers full time. And how I got into this space is my husband and I were sandwiched in between caring for aging parents and, and helping to care for our kids who were like middle school, starting high school at the time. My parents had had comorbidities, um, chronic health issues, multiple and his mom had lung cancer and we each lost a parent in 2014 and we just felt like our life had completely been uprooted we felt overwhelmed and isolated by caregiving and so then i started writing which was something that's always been important to me i studied journalism at penn state and that was very cathartic to help me process everything and so the blog happened and then podcasting and coaching other caregivers and speaking. And so it's just been layered on over the years. So Happy Healthy Caregiver is the name of of my business. And my niche is really about helping family caregivers infuse self-care into their daily life so that they don't burn out. Because for many people, caregiving is not just a short little stint. It's years and years and years of your life. And it has to be sustainable. I totally agree. Has there been a period in your life when you didn't take care of yourself when you were caregiving? Yes. Uh, You know, for that 2014 year, it was a mess, frankly. It was, I live in Georgia. My folks lived outside of Florida. They were retired. And I did that six-hour drive back and forth. You know, it was just a lot of quick meals. Something had to give. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't you know, it just was like running from one thing to other. And then my anxiety, I, I deal with generalized anxiety that was also off the charts for the, for that too. And it was on one of those drives to Florida that it kind of hit me in the face that here I am, you know, taking care of three people that have lifestyle choices that have put them in this situation. Right, and right. And it was very apparent to me that if I didn't find a new way of life, that it was potentially going to be putting my kids in the same situation. And that was not going to be an option for me. And and so the first thing I did actually was I saw a friend on Instagram do something called 100 Days of Happy. And I thought, well, let me try to do 100 Days of Healthy. Uh-huh. And it just made me accountable for doing one little thing every day. And it could have been just making a better choice about what I was eating or taking a few extra steps while I was waiting for my kids practice to finish or maybe trying meditation. And so it became kind of this little game for me of what's one thing I can do from from me today that would help me feel more energized or more at peace with everything. 
So have you ever run into a problem where people think that self-care means you need to take time for a manicure and a pedicure <laughs> or go to a spa and you, you mentioned self-care and they're like, oh, that's so selfish. I think it's a big buzzword these days where people are thinking like manicures, pedicures, girls night out, weekends away. Those are amazing things. But I, in particular for caregivers, I have really broadened self-care it's a lot of different things. Basically anything that's going to make me feel more energized and make me feel more peace. And that could be sometimes like putting my paperwork together, you know, getting that off my desk could be self-care. It might be setting a boundary with somebody who is making me, you know, feel more anxious or, or at angst or like in my mom's case, she used to just kind of I called it her greatest hit. She would just constantly regurgitate the past and it was just not productive. Um, so self-care can be a lot of things. You know, for me, it's getting up in the morning and not looking at social media and instead pulling out a Bible app with a little daily devotion before I put my feet on the ground. It can be getting outside is super important to me every day. I just need to to take a break and stretch myself. And I have two dogs that are also very willing to to get outside as well. So, so many, so many little things. For me, it became kind of this test of trying on something and seeing how it made me feel. And if that made me feel great, then I'd keep doing it. And if not, then I'm gonna move on and try something else. That's a great attitude to have because everyone has their ideas of what you should do for self-care, but one size doesn't fit all. And no, and, and I know sometimes even like, I used to prioritize exercise. I was like, oh, I got to get up. I got to get up at, you know, before I quit work, I got up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, go to the gym, shower at the gym, be at my desk by 8.30. It was just like this, you know. And then finally I was like, well, sleep is also important. And and so kind of then maybe sometimes which one is going to be better in my case. And so it can vary day to day. Do I need to sleep or do I need to get up and, and move my body? So even that sometimes you have to kind of, way out. One of my husband's favorite words is balance. So we yeah. need to balance everything, whether it's, you know, mental, physical, academic, spiritual, all those different kinds of self-care. Yes. So you had your epiphany while you were on one of those long six hour drives. Did you find yourself gaining weight during that year? And, and then that made you even more discouraged because you felt like you had been in a good place and then boom, this hits. Yes, I have. Well, and I, to be honest with you, Anita, like my weight is my nemesis. I mean, it, I, you know, I've got some genes that are not completely on my side with my, with my folks We're both morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. I grew up with mom putting a stick of butter in every single um, dish that she made. I don't think she thought she knew you could cut butter up. Um, and I love food and it's, uh, it, you know, it is a, is a big part of my life, but even the self-care for me has been, I did, I had gained a lot of weight, I lost weight, but for me, I've had to fall in love with this body and my own shape. And so even embracing, you know, and, and being positive thinking about my body is for me as a form of self-care. Right. Stop beating yourself up over. Yes. How do you feel, Elizabeth? Well, I feel great. You know, or I, right. you know, my skin is healthy. I feel energized. When my husband had cancer, he went from 190 to 135, and I went from 135 to 190. Uh -huh. So we, we swapped weights in about 
eight months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a point where it's like, if you're like huffing and puffing to get up the stairs or it's harder to put your shoes on, like those are kind of some wake up calls from, for me. It's like, okay, Elizabeth, it's time to, you know, to tighten some things up and go back to the green smoothies in the morning and, and maybe bump, bump up your routines a little bit. And I'm a big believer in strength training too, for, for women, I think is really important, especially as we age. The thing I hate the most is strength training, <laughs> but I know it's important. Uh, I, so I don't hate it all. I hate step ups and squats are probably okay. The, yes, push ups are my nemesis. I hate yes, push ups. <laughs> okay, so how can a busy family caregiver, someone like you, communicate the need and the benefit of self care to other people in their life? When you need it the most is when you're parsed out in a million different directions. So many people are depending on you, whether it's your work, your family, um, you know, your pets, everybody, your care recipient, it's, you're the, the hub of the wheel. And so it's important that you're taking as best care of yourself as you possibly can. Sometimes I like to say, you know, even luxury cars need a, um, we need tune-ups, we need our tires rotated and balanced, we need a good car wash we can't just you know run unlimited without getting premium gas we're just human and we need to we need to take care of ourselves so that we can show up for those that we love and for ourselves and i think sometimes for women making that connection like hey it's not just about you but you need to do this because other people sometimes that message can get through to people more than you know just shooting all over them hey you should take care of yourself yeah, I've, I had people tell me that you should take care of yourself. And I'm like, how? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think no that's, idea. that's what I wanted to do with Happy Healthy Caregivers. I wanted to show people how, like, what does it practically, pragmatically look like? And it doesn't take hours. It takes minutes. And sometimes you can even combine things and, and make them into a self-care activity. I call those a twofer, a buy one, get one free, you know, where for for me, being a person that was very productive and had just little slivers of time, I felt like that was important for me to be able to combine some things together. So if somebody is out there that it's like, I don't know how I'm going to fit this in, you, you've got to be creative and you're not going to find the time. You have to create the time. And it's, you know, a lot of times I spend time coaching clients where we look at their calendar and and really look at their week and say, well, tell me more about this. Like when you take so-and-so to such and such, like, what does that really look like? Because that sometimes is an opportunity. Well, are you going into the appointment? Oh no, they're, they're in physical therapy by themselves. Okay, well, what could you do for yourself then? You know, could you, do you enjoy reading? Do you want to go for a walk then? Do you want to call a friend? Do you want to just sit there and do a crossword puzzle? Like something, something for yourself, uh, because I think, you know, we tell ourselves these stories sometimes that we don't have time, but when you really look at it, there are little pockets of time, even drive time is time. Like, you know, I, I've find a lot of joy in listening to music and listening to podcasts or calling a friend that uplifts me during those times. Or books. I love audible classes. Um, I had to do some recertification classes for my teaching certificate. And so I had a lot of commuting last spring. And so I would just listen to these classes and then take the little quizzes when I stopped and got all the recertification credit that I needed. 
Yeah, it can be really educational. I learned how to I learned how to have a website by listening to podcasts That's and learn awesome. how to market it. And, you know, it was just it gave me kind of a, a sense of self and a purpose during a really, you know, darker time in my life. So do you have any specific hacks? Well, you already mentioned the the twofer concept um, and going through your schedule carefully to see where you could fit more self-care items in. Do you have anything else for the listeners? Oh, yeah. I've got, you know, and I, I like to try to pull out some hacks for different types of self-care. So I kind of see self-care in eight different categories from mm-hmm. practical and physical and social and emotional and intellectual and all that. Some emotional ones would be... Um, to what we talked about the social feed i'd cut to kind of go through it and delete and remove anybody that is not inspiring and not helpful like you know really take notice of how you feel after a social media session that's for your emotional for social i would say the best time to find a support group is is before you really need support that's the best day to find it and to just do a simple google search you know caregiver support or whatever kind of support you need in your area and reach out because make those connections before you're kind of in a deep deep spot for physical self-care i would say schedule your self-care appointments like you they are a wellness appointment so put some time on your calendar every week and really honor it for yourself um, and let your family know about it for a practical one i would say yes to less is a big one because you know, sometimes things look really good on paper and then you're like, oh, what was I thinking? And so if it's not a heck yes, it's a no, set some more boundaries in your life. And then if, if someone's out there listening that has kids, I would say one of the big things that helped me was to, instead of becoming indispensable, my goal was to really be dispensable with them, that I wanted to teach them how to be independent and confident adults. And it came out of a a big need during our caregiving years is that my husband and I just did not have the time to look at their teacher blogs and really get into all the nitty gritty of their day. And it was a, it was a very specific conversation with them about like, this is, this is your job. School is your job. This is what you, you own this. And they were high functioning. You know, they didn't need a lot of assistance, assistance from us. They were capable. We did pay them for A's. They got nothing for B's. They got things taken away for C's and it ended up, you know, being good for us. Now, was I embarrassed for sitting around with my friends and not knowing what classes they had and what teachers they had sometimes, but something had to give in that time. Now that they're in college, it's, uh, it's paid off and they've come back and they said, Hey, we know how to do our laundry. We know how to do these things. Um, and so I think becoming dispensable was, was something that was important to us. There's that tension in motherhood where you want to be super mom, but you don't want to be a helicopter mom. Yeah, or a lawnmower mom. If yeah. you, know, you know, and we did things like people would say, oh, you don't make your kids breakfast. My kids got themselves on the bus. I had to get up and that was my workout time. And they got themselves on the bus. And, you know, I think in a couple of years, the years times, they missed it a couple of times where they had to call a neighbor or figure out another way to get there. And I didn't make breakfast. I, you know, it was a special occasion. It was like, you have a big test. It's your birthday. It's some holiday, It, you know, first day of school. But other than that, it was like, mom's got to go. Mom's got to go do right. these things. Right. Yeah. We taught our kids how to do laundry when they were five and six. Oh, wow. And so I they did to do laundry. Yeah. 
Yeah, they think that there were, you know, they they complained about it, but it's like, hey, you can watch me do laundry all weekend or you can participate and do this and maybe we can do something fun as a family together. Exactly. Everyone should be a participating member of the family. Yes, absolutely. Okay, anything else? I would say if you're a working mom um, or working caregiver, use all your time off. I mean, there's no award for that really. Like you'd asked me about burnout earlier and I had experienced caregiver burnout and then I experienced professional burnout. And, you know, now I feel so lucky that I can have flexibility in my life. It's definitely made me a happier person. Awesome. So do you find that men approach caregiving differently from women? I mean, I can only really speak to my experience. My husband was the primary caregiver for his mom. So he, he did it. I think maybe less emotionally in some ways, more um, just getting it done and, and, and task driven, where I feel like I was more of an emotional puddle. I'm also have three brothers. One of them has a developmental disability. So he requires more care from, from us now that both of my parents are deceased. My brothers, I have one brother that's kind of checked out, which I think sometimes happens in families. And then another brother that is amazing help, but you have to be very specific about what you need. They're not, I think women are just more in tune to seeing it, seeing what needs to be done. And, and men maybe have to be told a little bit more. So is there anything else you do besides the podcast and the blog? Yeah. So I have the podcast and the blog as, as a resources for, for caregivers, particularly around topics of self-care and how they can make this more sustainable. And then for people who have businesses, whether, you know, I do a lot of speaking, if they've got an employee resource group or an organization that wants me to come speak about caregiving and self-care, that's something that I do quite a bit of. And then I also offer partnerships with clients on my website, you know, advertising and writing and different feature stories and things like that. Um, so that's, that's, that's how happy, healthy caregiver can exist so that I can provide more resources. If people want a complimentary session, I do offer a 30 minute complimentary session. Um, so people can kind of get a feel for what it's like to work with me. I'm not a licensed counselor. I do have a certification as a certified caregiving consultant. I have a history of being a caregiver. So that is definitely my specialty, but again, not a, you know, not a licensed therapist. Right. Right. Sounds like it's a valuable service though, because you can help people go through their day and pinpoint where they've got spare time. Because I think you're right. We, we have a narrative that we're busy. We fail to do so many things because we think we're busy, but if we were to look at it, you know, 45 minutes on social media throughout the day could be used doing something more productive and healthy for us. Yeah. Yes. There, you know, it's not to say there's not some Netflix in my life. I need, I need that too. You know, I I love the cuddle time with my dogs and, but it's, it's part of the balance that you were mentioning earlier. Thank you so much for um, joining us today and good luck with your new venture. It sounds like it's going to be very, very helpful for so many people who. I hope so. And if anyone's interested, yeah, happyhealthycaregiver.com. You can find everything there. I'll leave links in the show notes for your social media and your blog. Can they find the information about the free consultation on your blog? They can. Yep. Okay. Underneath coaching and also the podcast. Yep. Everything, okay. everything on the website to awesome. connect. 
And what day and time does your podcast air usually? It airs every other Wednesday um, in the morning. And I do take a break for the holidays. I try to practice what I preach. So um, I take this a seasonal break between November and mid-January so I can just focus on family and planning. I like to plan too and reflect on the year. Our guest today has been Elizabeth Miller from the Happy Healthy Caregiver blog. If you're interested, you can find out more by looking on the show notes. Join me next week when I talk about sweat or a checklist for helping you improve your health habits. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.